that we read every time, every year at this time, the first Sunday of the season of Epiphany, we always read about uh, the baptism of Jesus uh, because in this season um, we reflect on the appearance, the coming of Jesus, uh, how that happens and how we are called to respond to God when God does appear among us. Of course, in the last few weeks we've been talking about the childhood of Jesus. We gathered here on Christmas Eve and heard the story of the, of the angel appearing to the, to the shepherds. Last week we read about those astrologers, those uh, people of a foreign religion coming to find out the Messiah, these people we call the Magi, the wise men. We really don't hear hardly any stories about Jesus outside of those stories until Jesus is 30 years old. When he comes to be baptized. And we read the story of Jesus' baptism in all the Gospels. This year we're reading it in Luke. Unlike the other stories in Luke, we don't read that, that John necessarily baptizes Jesus. Because he's locked up in jail. But then after that part, everything flows like it does in the other Gospels. It says when all the people were baptized, when Jesus had been baptized and he was praying. And then it says the heavens was opened. And then, oh jeez. The heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descends in bodily form like a dove. Now, I'll be honest, I don't know what that means. And I have no idea what that might have looked like. That, that the heavens were opened. And that the Holy Spirit came down like a dove, whatever all that means. I do think what it means is that this separation from a God who is so far removed from us and up in heaven uh, has been removed in Jesus. And that God comes among us. But that's not the part I really want to talk about. The part I want to focus on is this. A voice came down from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Here's my question. Who heard that voice that boomed down from heaven? Or did it even boom down? Now, I think it's pretty obvious that Jesus heard that voice because it was speaking to Jesus. But who else heard it? It said that Jesus was among other people when he was baptized. The people like behind him or in front of him in line, did, did, did they hear it? If they heard it, did they understand it? Uh, was it loud? Was it like an echo? You know, like um, when you go inside a tunnel and you're driving, you know, you like to beat the horn so you can hear an echo. Or the kids like to roll down the window and yell their name so you can hear the echo. Was it like that? Was it a voice that echoed out and kept echoing and echoing and echoing so everybody could hear it? Well, we have no idea. But I want to suggest that the echo of that voice from heaven continued with Jesus. Right after this story, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all share that how right after Jesus was baptized, he was taken off into the wilderness where for 40 days um, he was tempted by the devil... The devil was trying to figure out what kind of son of God, what kind of Messiah Jesus would be. And in that tough time in the desert, 
I bet there was a voice echoing in Jesus' head that you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Then when he got out from the desert and he started his ministry, and we'll read about this in a couple weeks, things did not start smoothly. He went to his hometown to preach. I guess he figured, man, this is my folks that's known me forever. Well, they didn't like him. They actually wanted to kill him right then. But I bet even in that rough start, he heard the echoes. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. He launched into his ministry. Shortly after, Jesus said for the first time that, um, that he was going to sometime suffer and be killed. Right after he said that the first time, he goes up on a mountain with three of his disciples. And then, up there, the heaven opened up again. And it said, this time, it said, this is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. But I bet even then, even as Jesus heard that, he heard from his baptism, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And then after he went down from the mountain on that transfiguration time, and as he made his way to Jerusalem, and the opposition grew and grew and grew, and it became more and more obvious that something bad was going to happen, Jesus kept hearing that voice in his head, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And then as he went to a cross, and he cried out on a cross, Oh my God, my God, why in the world have you forsaken me? Even as he said that, I bet he heard the voice echoing from his baptism, all through his life, right up to his death, I bet Jesus heard the voice in his head echoing from his baptism. Now a question for each of us, do you hear the echoes of your own baptism? Before I push on with that question, I want to Let's remember what baptism is all about. It's about identity and it's about purpose. You know, everyone is a loved child of God. Every single person who's ever been born is a loved child of God, period. It's a relationship that nobody can screw up. God is always going to love us because God, because we are loved children of God, period. But in baptism, we lay claim to it. Yes, I recognize that I am a love child of God. This is who I am. I am a love child of God. Our identity. And then in our baptism, we have a purpose in life. And our purpose in life is to be that love child of God that we have always been. Our purpose in life now is no longer about me. It's about God. And our purpose in life is to be who God wants us to be, love children of God, which means we must be loving God and we must be loving others. And that means all others. That's our purpose in life is a people who have been baptized. Phew. Now back to the question. Do you hear the echoes of your own baptism? This morning I want to do something a little bit different than I've done in times past. It's a little bit similar to what we do on Ash Wednesday. If you come to the Ash Wednesday service, the Ash Wednesday service, folks come up 
and they receive the ashes on their forehead. And when I do that, I say, um, what do I say? Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Repent and believe the good news. But that's for another day, another night. But here's what I want to do today. I'm going to go around, and it's water. It's not ashes. And Ben, do you have this? There we go. Here is our echo. You are a child of God, loved by God, blessed by God, called by God to do God's thing.
Let that echo. What does it mean to do God's thing, that God has called you to do God's thing? I want to read from a book that is familiar to me and to Belinda since she gave me this book. And it's a story from this week that I read. It's a curious thing. Robert had filled the bathtub and put the fish in the tub so he could clean the tank, fish tank. He'd scrubbed the film from the small walls of their make-believe deep, and he went to retrieve them. He was astonished to find that, even though they had the entire tub to swim in, they were huddled in a small area the size of their tank. There was nothing containing them, nothing holding them back. Why wouldn't they dart about freely? What had life in the tank done to their natural ability to swim? In what ways... Are we like them? In what ways will we go but nowhere within ourselves? In our baptism, God calls us to swim, to move out of our safe and our comfortable and what we know, and to swim into the new life that God has made for us, that God calls us to live in and to embrace. What might that be? Might it be embracing Ollie into your life? To not only know his name and know his mom and dad's name, but to be involved in some way in his life. In a few minutes, as we dismiss to our fellowship hall, and after you eat an awesome meal, you're going to be asked some questions I hope you've thought about. Where would you like to see this church in five years? How do you see us getting there? What might be some way that you could help us swim outside of the tank? How is God calling us to do God's thing as a church? Or maybe, maybe God is calling you to do God's thing out where you work, out where you live, out where you go and work out, out where you go walking, out where you see the neighbors, out at Kroger. How is God calling you to do God's thing? How is God calling you to get out of that tank Remember, though, whenever you do swim outside the tank and you're feeling uncomfortable, remember the voice. Remember the voice. You are a child of God. You are loved by God. You've been blessed by God. And now you've been called to do God's thing. Amen. Now let's sing.